Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome, welcome to Game Over Calgary. It's the first time that I'm doing this one. I'm used to Game Over Montreal, but you know what? If you doubt my credentials, I'll see if I can find during the stream. I've got a picture of me during my uh, grade 12 grad trip wearing a uh, Blasty hoodie back when Blasty was around the first time. So I've got, I've got Flames credentials in there somewhere. I grew up partially in Alberta, so I do know a bit about the Calgary Flames, but I will say this is the first full Flames game that I've watched this season, and I've got some takes for you. I've got some takes. I will say that the Flames on this Black Friday in the U.S. gave us a deal, 40% off the effort. All right, uh, we've got a great show for you today. Unfortunate loss for the Flames, but we've got Ian Olin from Russian Machine Never Breaks, which is fantastic. It's great to talk to Ian for the first time uh, off of Twitter, really, and uh, that's going to be really fun. But before we get into the show, we got to tell you, think you know the wit- what way it's going to go? I thought so earlier today when I thought the uh, Carolina Hurricanes were going to beat the Boston Bruins, but uh, the Bruins are the Bruins and came back and won that one down 2-0 to 3-2 in overtime. Make your best bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's the World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. You want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Now, I know that you guys are probably missing Audi and Peter, but we got a great guest I'm going to bring in right now. Longtime friend of SDPN, Ian Oland. Ian, how you doing? Oh, I'm going to have to switch you on Zoom here because it's capturing the wrong thing. There we go. It should be good. How's it going? I'm, you know what? I'm doing great. Um, as bad as Flames fans are feeling today, this was probably one of the best games the Capitals have played all year, and they've had a lot of stinkers. So I needed that for my soul. Um, but, yeah, uh, it was uh, – Kind of one-sided. Uh, the first period, I thought uh, Calgary was pretty excellent, but just couldn't put the puck in the net. Uh, I was telling you beforehand that I thought they, it seemed like they were struggling with the Capital One Arena bad ice. Uh, just they just could not put string good plays together at all. Yeah, and I, that that is something like one of the things that I look at when I look at uh, what team is playing better is who's getting their passes through. And the Calgary Flames could not after the first period could not make a pass whether it was great stick position from the, uh, the Washington Capitals, who I, I thought really played a great defensive hockey game tonight, uh, especially in, in front of their net, made things pretty easy for Darcy Kemper, even though he made some uh, fantastic saves in this shutout. But the Capitals, every time they gain the zone against Calgary, even in the first period where they only had you know, like a couple of decent chances, it was either a from below the goal line into the high slot low to high pass one timer or across the Royal road one timer. Like it was all these great plays where you could tell from the outset that even if uh, the capitals weren't getting the possession that they wanted, they were getting the shots they wanted. Yeah, that's a good point. And the capitals have been playing different since TJ Oshie came back. Uh, I didn't really quite appreciate what kind of impact a healthy TJ Oshie was for the Caps. Uh, they went from a team that looked like one of the worst in the entire league. Uh, to, he's been involved in, uh, I believe, every regulation goal the Caps have scored, uh, ex- 
I'm not sure he did on the Ovi one, but he's been involved in pretty much every goal they've scored the last two games, and he's brought an energy back to this team that they badly needed. The team's also playing a much better uh, defensive hockey uh, with their forwards, and I think that's had uh, a, a huge impact. And you know what? We can't we can't undersell the fact that it was a reverse, reverse retro night for them. Uh, I think they have I think they have the top selling reverse retro again. I'm wearing this great ugly fit today for the for the uh, for the show. So. Uh, it, you know, all in all, it was a great day. And again, I'm so sorry that that we're not speaking on uh, better uh, circumstances, Flames fans. But uh, thanks for having me. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it, it would have been a more exciting game from Flames. You could even like stomach the loss, right? But I feel like this is one yeah. that the Flames really needed to win to get this road trip feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. I know they had a really tight game against the Penguins, where. That one went to overtime, and the Penguins just kind of... I think it went to shootout, actually, and the Penguins won it in the shootout. But the Flames have played a lot of games this season where they've played well, and just, like, one thing goes wrong at the wrong time, and they end up taking the L, or they end up falling apart at the end of the game, or, you know, Jacob Markstrom has struggled pretty mightily this season so far. Although, I don't think that he was the issue in this game. Yeah. That koozie goal, what did you think of the koozie goal? The one-on-three, he kind of slid it under Markstrom's pads, but I felt like that was kind of lackadaisical D, too. Yeah, I thought if you go one-on-three and score, even if you're as talented as Evgeny Kuznetsov, the defense didn't do a good job. But at the same time, Markstrom's got to get that pad down. Like yeah. it's it's one thing with I know originally I watched the Capitals feed and uh, Ben and Adi was saying that he thought that it, he went around Markstrom that would be one thing or like going five hole but to go underneath the pad yeah. I think that's that's not great that's the one goal I thought it would have been great to get a save there from Markstrom it was iffy and then um, yeah Luchik taking that uh, interference penalty and and Hampton oh. scored oh that I thought the comeback was on then I was really worried again the Caps have been awful this year uh as somebody who loves the team uh maybe they should have started kind of a youth injection this year but they kind of double tripled down on uh their veteran players and they have paid the consequences dearly this year uh again so like i i am surprised as heck that i'm here talking to you from uh you know a three nothing shutout win i I just did not see that coming at all Uh, (laughs) but um yeah i I really thought the, the comeback was on after that and then it was a penalty uh, and a power play for the Caps the other way, and then Ovi scored on it, right? And so, um, if so, it was just, that was just a big that was just a big swing. Um, and uh, I don't know, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, uh, Alex Ovechkin's uh, oldest son, Ovi Junior, who's like a prodigy at hockey, uh, his, Ovi's wife is in Russia, but his son was at the game. And so after he scored, he high fived his son through the glass a few times, and I thought that that was really awesome. Yeah, that was that was really cool. I'm, I mean, you you and I are both dads, so I think we're probably yeah, oh, both yeah. suckers for like the kid player interactions. I know, like we saw it a bunch during the the playoff run with the Montreal Canadiens a couple of years ago with Carey Price and his daughters. Uh, that was really special. Or when he came back last year after injury mm-hmm. and his family was joining in in there. So like that stuff is just it's so special. And I did write down. I wanted to ask you a question. Just see if you could. Sure. Uh, Give me an over-under on Ovi. He's got 791 goals right now. Do you think his total goals for his career is over the combination of Steven Stamkos and Matt Duchesne or under? <laughs> okay, so Stamkos has he, – he is over 500 now, right? Not quite. Uh, okay, well, he's about to be. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. 
Over? I'm going to say over. He's one, <laughs> one over the combination of Steven Stamkos <laughs> and Matt Deshane. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my God. It's wild. You know, like watching him as a, as a fan uh, and, and, a, and a reporter all these years, is it's been, it's been extremely – it's hard to really compl- – like I think when he hits 800, it's going to hit a lot of people that, holy F, this guy is – in a league of his own and he's approaching Gretzky and it's very likely now that he's going to pass the record, but it's been, he's just every night, like even this season, he's kind of struggled, but it's been mostly because of the team. Like he's been still playing his same self. He hasn't been, he hasn't had as many shots maybe this year as in past years, but I think that's just because other people aren't creating offense, but uh, just watching him play. It's, it's every night he, he has chances. He buries it like on the power play tonight. It was just, it was kind of like, Oh, had a ripper from the left circle and he scored on it. And it's, it's kind of a casual thing now, but it's just incredible how consistent he's been able to be even going into his mid to late thirties, just like we are. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> point taken, point taken. I mean, I'm a couple years younger than Ovi and I don't think I can rip anywhere close to that. So uh, <laughs> not that there's ever a competition, but yeah, he's still scoring at half a goal a game. You know, uh, he's not shooting at anywhere highly above his career average you know i I think actually last few years he's actually yeah going back to like 2017 he's pretty consistently shot at above his career average it seems like he's changed his game a little bit i remember writing an article about ov back in geez it must have been probably about 2017 i think that was the year where he started playing with kuznetsov a bit more yeah, and there was a big change in his game from like almost all of his goals the lot, previous couple of years were coming off of like the cycle or four checking plays, off the power play, and that year he kind of brought the youth back a little bit and started scoring off the rush a lot more, yeah. playing with Kuznetsov, and now he's got to change again. He's playing with Strom a lot, right? Yeah, and it but seems I- like the different combination of centers he just finds different ways. Yeah to be himself and grab like different eras of Ovechkin and just get it done. It's so true. You know, I would even say too, that um, he's, he's actually struggled a little bit with Strom because I guess he's a little bit slower of a skater. Um, I think the biggest thing five on five, Ovi hasn't had a great year five on five, but it's not him. They're missing Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson is out until December. And uh, you know, I know he's a lightning rod for criticism, but uh, I don't think Tom Wilson necessarily gets enough credit for how good of an offensive player he is. And I'm not even saying like, you know, goals and assists, which he is producing like 20 goals, 20 plus, but like it's the amount of space that he brings on the ice and he's able to make high level plays. Last year, I think Ovi was leading uh, five on five goals and points for like the first couple months of the season. So the fact that he's still a point per game player with all this chaos at five on five this year has been really impressive to me. I think it just speaks to how great he's been even this year, even though the team just is the high level talent has just kind of been injured around him. And so, uh, and he's not even playing with Cusy, which I think is kind of uh, the better fit for him, but they just, they haven't been able to find that winger that gives them space because uh, you know, I don't think Kuzi and Ovi are going to go in and be forechecking hard in the corners. You know what I mean? They're more of rush players, uh, you know, high level players who, who kind of make, you know, cross cross uh, ice passes, things like that to score. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a really interesting season for them from that standpoint. But he's 
he's just the same as he's ever been before. And it just, it doesn't make, it, it doesn't make any sense. He should be getting worse. He should be falling off due to age, but he hasn't, you know, Gretzky did. I watched him fall off. And, and so um, it's going to be interesting to see how long this lasts and, and how far he can take it until he's 40. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun to see him actually chase down that record when it gets close. You know, every game is going to be extremely yeah. hype and I just doesn't seem to be falling off really like i know that he's made sacrifices in his game as he's gotten older to continue to produce at the level that he does you know like early in his career he was like a play driver extraordinaire and now he's mostly there to score goals but uh and you know, fr- frankly set them up too he's uh added some playmaking in the last couple of years that has been really impressive but he's yeah. like the offensive engine not only but mostly nowadays whereas when he came into the league he just did everything right like he almost had a huge defensive impact just by how dominant he was on the puck blowing people up uh and tonight you know (laughs) he kind of got like lost in the shuffle a little bit in terms of like he didn't have a very standout game but then every time he got the puck you're like oh that's Ovechkin. There he is. It's again. crazy. It's crazy. I know. Tonight he wasn't. I, I wouldn't even say he was super notable tonight. And like you said, he just he still got a goal because uh, of the shot. The shot is just you know he is just. Uh, he reminds me of, of Brett Hall back in the day, where later in his career he just figured out how to use that slap shot, uh, and he could just score like. And I remember Brett Hall scored low to the ice, but Ovi it just rips him. You know. Yeah. I think it's hard for goalies to pick up how hard he shoots um and and the angle and it's and it's just been incredible yeah so um yeah just a, a very a very fun game for me to watch <laughs> yeah and uh james johnson in the chat says milan lucic slander when so you know what i live to please <laughs> i live to please but i will say for those of you in the chat right now if you're enjoying the show and you enjoy peter and Audi in this game over calgary situation we got going here it's, I mean, frankly they're better than the team so far this year it's it's not uh, it's not uh Damning with faint praise, I guess, but uh, it's not untrue. Hit the like button on these this YouTube stream because it helps us. It helps us go through the algorithm there on YouTube. Helps us be recommended to people who are Flames fans, who are browsing YouTube. Help us grow the show. And if you really like the show, hit that share button. Put us on your favorite social media. And not after the show, right now. The more people who are in here, the more we can interact with them, the more fun we can have. So help us out. Throw that stuff up on your favorite social media. Hit the like button, smash the subscribe button for the SDPN YouTube channel. Click that little bell because, you know, YouTube has to make it needlessly complicated that subscribing once isn't enough, so you got to subscribe two times. Help us out. So, Milan Lucic, we're going to slander him. God, he is terrible. (laughs) Why is he still in the league, frankly? I I mean, he's just a big waste of space. Like, for years, like, his scoring disappeared, right? But he was still like a somewhat decent play driver or like around the time that he was first traded to Calgary, even last year, he had some value. Now he's like worse than the team by every metric. And I know he didn't get a ton of ice time tonight, but it felt like he did. Cause every time he was out there, the game slowed to a crawl to try to like, whenever he had the puck, it was like, and chug, chug, chug. like the, the train had to get going from a standstill every time. It was brutal to watch. And then we talked about it already, that penalty that, yeah. you know, I don't know if Calgary was going to mount a comeback because I don't think they were playing particularly well, but that penalty swung the game completely. Yeah, that, it was I, over after that. Yeah, I felt like that was the end right there. And uh, he seems like to me like an artifact of what uh, GMs thought 
the like a good NHL wasn't like 2004 to me. You know what I mean? Like hooking and holding and grabbing and scrums after every whistle and and having to be physical and and things like that. And uh, you know, I remember when Tom Wilson was drafted, they were like, "This guy, this guy could be like Milan Lucic," but you know, I feel like he's miles ahead of him now. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't really understand. Um, you know, he's just one of those guys. I think he's won a Stanley Cup. He has that experience. People try to, uh, you know, kind of like make him more than what he is at this part of his career, which is unfortunate. And, you know, the only thing he can do is really just, you know, try and try and create ha- havoc in front of the net and on the boards and, and get physical. But yeah, I mean, the, the NHL is so fast right now. It's almost why I, I struggle with the Caps is that there's such a, an older veteran team that when they play teams like the Colorado Avalanche, they, just, they don't even look like they're in the same, you know, they just don't even, the talent doesn't even seem like it's, it's remotely similar. Yeah. Know? Yeah. When so. you play against a truly fast team, that's not just like a fast skating team, but a fast executing team, yeah. like the New Jersey devils this season, it's truly scary what they can do to a slow team. And, you know, Calgary is not the slowest team. They have, they're a big team, but They've got some guys who can skate and some smart guys like Tyler Toffoli, who I thought was pretty great tonight, uh, who kind of are able to play a fast game through his brain. Like his hockey sense allows him to play a fast game, but he's not the swiftest skater. But Lucic, it's sad because at least like when you're a coach, you're like, okay, well, this guy's strong. He's big. He's going to at least like get on the boards and win some puck battles. He couldn't even win a puck battle tonight because he was yeah. too slow. Like, he'd go in there, and the battle's already over by the time he gets to the boards. Like, he couldn't even keep his stick engaged. And, it, and, was, it was a, it was a rough ride. Yeah, and it was against an older Capitals team that's not a great skating team either. So that's that's saying a lot. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, so what do you see – how do you see the Flames doing? They're kind of middling in their division, right? Um, this was kind of a big loss for them because, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of sayings that, like, you know, at Thanksgiving, where a lot of teams are, that's usually where they finish uh, towards the end of the year in the standings. And like, I'm already really worried about the Caps. They're they're about four they're about four teams behind the second wild card right now. Yeah, I think with the Flames, I am willing to give them more time just because of the like crazy uprooting they had to do to their top six in the off season, right? Like, uh, not only losing Gaudreau, but then losing. Uh, Kachuk in, at the same time, replaced them with Kadri and Huberto. And neither of them, I think, have given the performance that you expect of them. Like, I watched Huberto in particular tonight, and I just thought he was fighting the puck a lot. And Kadri, in a game that at times got a little bit physical, I, I didn't see the fire from him that I expected to see. Both guys, I, I think you got to give them a little bit of time to, to become full-time flames in a way but overall it doesn't seem like they're great fits at this moment and i wonder if that's part of the issue with like daryl sutter there was a lot of talk last year about how like daryl sutter has like modernized his systems for the modern nhl and the flames played a fast-paced game and they were able to score at will whereas like his la kings teams were teams that dominated possession but it was all like perimeter shots and like high slot at best. They couldn't really get into the middle. And I'm wondering if part of the issue for this Flames team is they're looking a little bit like LA at the end of the Sutter regime, 
And that is something they need to work on drastically. I went and looked into the, the roster a little bit just to do some research before I hosted a show on the Calgary Flames. And what I noticed is that a lot of the guys who are leading them in possession are like their shutdown guys, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Toffoli there up high, but like everyone who played with him played for Sutter in LA seems to get a lot of minutes, which for Toffoli, that's good for Lucic, not so good. But uh, it, it seems like the guys that he relies on are like his guys and they're doing well. But then you've got like Kadri, Manjapane, who we know are really good players. Even Lindholm, who like his numbers are okay, but not great. Huberto. It's like they almost haven't fallen into that system this year. And they're not getting any great results from it. And we know they're good players. Yeah. So like eventually that should change. But it, you know, it just I, doesn't look right right now. One thing, one thing I was thinking was that, that just from observing them just today is they seem to struggle with having an identity. And, you know, a lot of times when teams are down, you know, two goals, three goals, they'll throw out guys. They'll have, they'll have certain plays that they run. They'll be able to create huge scoring chances or high danger chances just because everybody's being more aggressive. And it just seemed like they were, it was a morass on the ice. Like it just didn't, it didn't seem like they could push it when they wanted to push it that much. Uh, and even in the first period when they're out shooting the capitals and I thought came out pretty quick, um, it was still pretty much to the perimeter. And so it just yeah. seems like, it just seems like they're struggling with an identity right now. I can I totally see that with all the off season moves, um, you know, and, and sometimes some guys, uh, you know, from my experience in the past, seeing guys coming in to new teams, a lot of times, they might have been more passengers or, or guys that benefited from the team at large or certain parts of the system. And, and you just wonder, you know, it's going to take time for them to find their spots uh, with Daryl Sutter. And um, that's kind of what I saw as, uh, as a guy observing the Flames for the first time. And, um, you know, he marks them, you know, again, you know, he has to make bigger saves too. And, you know, in a road game, uh, you know, I guess Capitals are playing pretty well. You know, when you don't get those big saves and you can't score, it's just, it's deflating. You know? Yeah, 100%. And, like, Markstrom, I feel like this season has not been great. But in this one, like, he made some pretty big saves yeah. uh, throughout the game. It's just, like, obviously the koozie one you want. But, again, like, letting him get through there. Who's more at fault? The defensive yeah. structure or the goaltender? And when you're a Daryl Sutter team, I feel like nobody should be able to go one on three. <laughs> score. The, the Flames... <laughs> The Flames were kind of like looking at Kuz like, oh, he's not going to do. Oh, he's trying something. Oh, he's no. going to do it. Oh, my God. No, yeah. no. You can kind of see the panic uh, in slow motion, you know. Uh, yeah, and Kuz is, you know, this was also a PDO game for the Capitals. And by what I mean by that is that the Capitals shooting percentage, especially in November, has been awful. They've been really unlucky. And this seems kind of like a lucky game a little bit for them shooting wise. And so. Uh, you can. I almost feel like you can kind of chalk it up to that. I don't want to be that guy, you know. But uh, I felt like they, they were kind of luckier in some of those, the shots they scored on, and um, so so yeah. It was just, it was a very one sided tilt, and I I did not expect that at all. Yeah. If anything, I, I thought it'd be the Flames. So yeah, right. Like with yeah. the way the season's gone for the Capitals, you expect you know you're running yeah. into a team that has great structure that they're gonna come in and kill you, but. They weren't able to do that. They weren't able to establish their, their themselves. And what you were talking about with identity, with, with teams that struggle, <coughs> sorry, with identity, everybody's struggling through these yeah. respiratory viruses right now. Yep, yep. Um, 
I find a lot of times teams that struggle with identity have either big shakeups in the roster or they went into the playoffs as like a really good competitive team. And at some point in the playoffs, they just got their asses completely handed to them. And the flames had both of those things happen. Yeah. Right. They had that series against the Oilers where they started out. They looked incredible. And then from the second period in the first game onwards, the Oilers just lit them the hell up and the flames could not find an answer defensively or in goal, frankly, because Markstrom was rough for the Edmonton Oilers. And then you had that shakeup in the off season. I'm wondering if like everyone should have expected the flames to struggle to start this season, because the fact is both those things happened and it's hard to recover from that. So even though it may look like on paper, you know, adding Huberto Kadri and Wegar uh, on instead of Kachuk and Gaudreau is like a net slight positive. It takes time for that to percolate and become a team again. Yeah. And I think you also see in the adversity in these moments, uh, I think the team will probably likely see what they need. And also, you know, adversity sometimes brings the best out of people. And hopefully in this situation, you know, Huberto and, and, um, you know, they can kind of like rise up to the occasion a little bit more as the season goes a little bit deeper. But, you know, I wouldn't write them off at this point. But, yeah, it's, you know, you can kind of tell that they're scuffling. Yeah, my kids just came home from the school. So if uh, somebody jumps into the picture, that's what's going on. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah, I just heard uh, Daddy. Yeah, down here, down here in America. <laughs> down here in America, we get the day off on Black Friday for some reason. So yeah, we don't. It's it's thankful. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. We've had enough long weekends already <laughs> with with how sick everyone is and oh, how uh, how how much work we have. It's school and daycare are great yeah, inventions. I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny thing, really quick. Is that so? You know, my son is uh, really young, and this is his first year of school. He's going into kindergarten, and um, the other week he was one of four kids in his kindergarten to win an adversity award for how he bounces back and handles issues and problems. And it was really funny to me, you know, he, my son is like that, but it was really funny to me because he missed like nine to 10 days of the first term because he was so sick uh, because of the pandemic down here and everybody not really being exposed to germs on the regular. I feel like uh, all these kindergartners are really struggling with, with sickness. And so, um, yeah, it's it it's been it's been crazy, you know. Just just a, as a world, we're, you know, just going through it right now. We're it, it's it's it feels like once we're past one thing, it's another thing. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, you know, if anyone else out there is feeling frustrated or or, or down by all this, like uh, just know there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with the same stuff, and and we're with you. So. Hundred percent. It's like at once extra incredibly frustrating, but also kind of unifying that everybody's everybody's feeling it right between that and inflation and your team sucking (laughs) a lot of people can come together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very depressing time this year. Yeah. I did want to mention all these smiles. All these smiles are taking all of my emotional strength. (laughs) Hi buddy. (laughs) Both of them want to come in. All right. Come here, miles. Come here. Hi. This is Miles. Hey. He's two and a half. Nice to meet you. You want to say hi, Miles? Hi, Miles. Nice to meet you, sir. How was daycare, buddy? Good. 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 I was playing. You were playing. I was calling. I just hello. 
You were calling, yes, I heard you calling. <laughs> oh man, what a cutie. <laughs> yeah, they're both great. They're great kids. Love to cough in my face. And that's why I saw Oh, like oh this. yeah, you know, again, what's getting totally gross. I got pink eye uh this morning because my son was like he comes in the bed sometimes and is scared, you know, because of dark and uh <laughs> cough right in my face. This morning I woke up pink eye. I was like, oh, this is great. This oh is great. fun <laughs> so, times, fun times. So uh, gross. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention was uh Lars Eller, who I'm, I've been a big fan of for a very long time, as he. Oh yeah, let's talk about him with the Canadians. Very complicated right now. Yeah, that go ahead. hilarious chance where he goes in one on one and slashes the guy's stick, take a shot, and the announcers are laughing, and you see him come around the net after, and he's laughing too, and he does like the shrug, like it looked like he was looking at the ref, like you gonna call it, like <laughs> I had the puck, is it a slash still? I love yeah. that cheekiness. Yeah, I, so, Careful Lars, burn, but... so Lars is a great, uh, so like from my perspective, so, you know, I know he played for Montreal for a while and uh, Lars is one of those guys that plays uh, a great two-way game. We're kind of seeing him on the latter end of his career uh, in Washington. I, he's in the last year of his deal, but he's been great this year. And um, they've been putting him with Anthony Mantha and, and maybe a, at a stronger left wing too. It seems like they've kind of been loading up on the third line to kind of, uh, give him some more support. I think he's lost a little bit of his legs, but yeah, he does stuff like that in games sometimes, and you just laugh because you know stick checking a guy and yeah, you know if you would have broke the defenseman's stick, I would have been interested. If they would have called a slash there. I would have never, I've never seen that before, where a guy will hack a guy to get a shot off. It was clever. It was really it was clever. clever. I've never seen it. I I love it. I love it. That's that's he always does weird stuff like that. Like I I've always thought Eller is a very smart player. He was yeah. very. Uh, like unfairly criticized in Montreal. Yeah. Guys, still a bit too much banging. They've got like toy symbols because, of <laughs> course, they know I'm recording and they're like, let's do the noisiest possible thing. <laughs> but uh, it's funny you say Eller towards the latter half of his career, the latter bit of his career, because like that just makes you feel so old. <laughs> I know, right? Right? I, know. I was like just starting writing when uh, Eller came into the league, right? When the Canadians traded for Lars Eller. It's like my first season covering the Canadians was, uh, uh, I shouldn't bring this up because just you're a Capitals fan, but I believe it was the 9 10 season. Oh God, not that year. <laughs> yeah, so we won't we won't bring up what happened that year for for Capitals fans enjoying this. But uh, I will ask you before we close out, uh, Ian. Yeah. I did want to ask. Never asked you before. The Russian machine never breaks. Uh, yeah. The site that you work for, you helped found. Was that? something that you guys came up with and just caught on forever or was it a phrase that you guys saw and were like this is perfect let's take this well I, I, there's been a lot of magic with our site that i feel like has been outside of our control uh, i do want to say that like um I, I will be open about this is that one of the reasons why i even blog is that so i went to art school i'm not i'm not necessarily a trained technical writer though i, I feel like i'm pretty good now um, one of the things was I had a relationship that went sour. And one of the things that I told myself after that relationship was that I should dedicate one hour of my time every day, no matter what's going on around me to being creative. And so, uh, I created a baseball site, uh, called Matt Weeders facts that went nuts. 
And I had always loved hockey the most since uh, like seven or eight here in uh, in Maryland. And so I love the Capitals. They're my favorite team. Ted Leonsis, uh, he gets a, a big credit. He was he was probably the owner that was most open to bloggers uh, coming mm. to games. And a lot of that was because the national press, even now, doesn't I, I feel like doesn't give them enough coverage. And so you know, I think Ted. Ted, for me, made it feel like, well, if I do this at a high, high enough level and it's good enough, then we could be treated like everybody else. So I think that was one thing. The name uh, came from, uh, so basically Ovi in 2006, uh, basically he took a shot off his foot again in a coyote in a Coyotes game, and the next day at practice, uh, someone asked him if, if, if he was going to play, and he said, uh, I'm okay, Russian machine never breaks. And he said it in that act, heavy accent to be funny. And so that kind of caught on in Capitals land. Um, and for us, that phrase for us means creative, fun, uh, fun hockey writing, uh, things like that. Like we we want to ca- capture an experience where, uh, you know, it's it, like our writing is as captivating and as fun as the game. Uh, and so we, I would say like we, we did well in the beginning, but, and we had a lot of support, but I think the thing that really shook us over the top, and I don't know if you know this, is that um, in 2013, um, we were covering Evgeny Kuznetsov while he was playing in the KHL for Tractor Chelya Bents. And uh, we had a Russian correspondent. And he said, uh, there was like an explosion or something crazy in Chelya Bents. And he told us this at midnight our time. And we're like, uh, we should probably start covering this. So we started translating it and kind of doing an hour by hour, you know, like minute by minute update. And it ended up being the Chelya Bents meteor. Oh, wow. And so we ended up uh, being the first site to cover that in English. So, and we had just like enlisted in Google news like a month before. And so we got, I forget how many pages it was like millions and millions of pages. And it, uh, the next day, like the Atlantic, which is a big site down here, uh, wrote a story about how a DC sports blog beat the AP on the biggest like space story in a century. And so, um, so we, we we went on TV and, and Leon's, we worked with the Capitals on their TV show after that. And uh, like we doubled or tripled our hits after that. And it's been kind of magical since then. Ovi follows us on Instagram now. A bunch of the players do. Um, I saw Bax from the other day. He was like excited to see me, which was weird, you know. <laughs> so it, it, weird in a sense that like, you know, we, we don't make a lot of appearances at practice, but everybody knows who we are. And so yeah. um, it's been an incredible journey and and lucky you got to be lucky to be good right and so um and then steve dangle of course he's a part of it too just with some of the silly bets he's done and the support we've gotten from you and other people so i seriously i I, like i'm i'm just grateful and thankful to be able to do this full time and uh i'm grateful to be on the show today and and talk to flames fans well i'm so grateful that you came on today because i know it's a holiday weekend you know kids are at home and I love you, man. Afternoon game. It's it's a it's a tough one to come on for. So I I truly do appreciate it. And thanks to everyone for tuning in here and listening to me talking about the Calgary Flames. If you think I was too harsh on them, you know, let me know in the comments. I feel like uh, this team just has so much more to give than what they're given right now. And uh, hopefully they find that at some point in this season because I want to see Audie and Peter in the playoffs again. And uh, hopefully Ian and his Washington Capitals can get there too. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here today, especially to Ian. Follow him at Ian Olin on Twitter. There's his uh, link to Twitter. It should be in the bio for this video. And also 
check out Russian Machine Never Breaks because they're fantastic. They've been around forever for a reason. They're huge. So uh, check it out there. Audie and Peter will be back. All right, I don't know who will be back. Uh, Audie or Peter will be back for the next game. And uh, I'll be back on Game Over Montreal. You won't have to see my mug again for a little while. But if you enjoyed seeing it, make sure you click like. Make sure you click subscribe. Share this video. Share the playlist that has all the videos. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, enjoy the rest of the season on Game Over Calgary. We'll see you again later on. See you guys. Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada Sportsbook.